We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast, brought to you by MyBookie and Draft. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Each week I'm joined by an NFL Beat reporter to break down one of the biggest games of the week, and today I'm going to be joined by JP Shadrick of Jaguars.com. We'll be discussing the Jacksonville Jaguars home contest with the Cincinnati Bengals taking place in week 9. We'll be looking at some of the key players and key matchups that we expect to decide the game. We'll be looking, of course, at Leonard Fournette. We'll be looking a little bit deeper into this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. And then, of course, as I mentioned, we'll be talking about those key areas that we think that uh, it really could decide this contest. After I talk with JP, I'll take a few moments to recap what we discussed and uh, use some of the rotoviz.com apps to dive a little bit deeper into the game. On today's show, I'll be using the Air Yards app, and I'll also be using uh, the Snap Report app to, to look a little bit into this game. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. You can go to rotoviz.com to check out all the great stuff that we've got going on on the website. So we're heading into week nine of the season, a huge chunk of the season already in the rear view mirror. And I know a lot of the listeners are doing very, very well with their DFS lineups, with their uh, season-long leagues. And uh, 
having a real good season that way but uh, maybe your season isn't going too well or maybe it is going well and you just want to enhance it another little bit and a way that you can do that is by having some action on the games each and every week and uh, my preferred sports book to do that at is my bookie as i mentioned they are a sponsor of the show they are also my preferred option while uh, placing my wagers of it a lot of fun this season some prop bets uh, you know and maybe in a dfs lineup you're thinking about a player and he can have a big week I've had a few weeks for winning and done some uh, prop bet and some touchdown bet so I've had a lot of fun on different options this season with my bookie and uh, and as a listener to the fantasy beat podcast if you sign up to mybookie.ag they will match your first deposit for up to a 50% bonus and that's something that they've been uh, running throughout the last couple of weeks and uh, I'm unsure as to how long that's going to last for but you can still get it here for week nine it is a 50% bonus for signing up to mybookie.ag all you have to do while signing up is use my code rotobeat and they will match that first deposit with a 50 percent bonus so uh, check them out great uh, player perks great website and uh, you know the the live betting aspect that they have is uh, you know second to none in my opinion so check it out mybookie.ag the promo code again rotobeat and for this game in particular, the uh, Jaguars opened up a slight home favourite, but that has since stretched out quite considerably. They are now a five and a half point favourite at home. And we know in recent years, the Bengals, when they have been, uh, they haven't been favoured a lot of times, but when they have been favoured, uh, they tend to slip up. But a five and a half point favourite in this one, uh, the money line is minus 245 in their favour and is plus 195 for the Bengals. The over-under in this one is 39, so one of the lower totals of the week. So, so maybe we're not expecting a fantasy bonanza in this one, but uh, we'll be talking now and I'm interested to get uh, JP's thoughts on what way he thinks this game will break down. Then, of course, I'll be back after to uh, go into it a little bit more from a fantasy football perspective to help you set those lineups this coming weekend so uh, let's get into it with jp so i'm joined now on the show by jp shadrick of uh, jaguars.com and of course the jaguars radio network and uh, the season has uh, started nicely for the the jaguars uh, i guess we'll say so uh, jp i'm looking forward to previewing this game with the bengals so thanks for uh, coming aboard the show always good to be with you and yeah i think that's a fair assessment pretty good four and three could be better could be worse uh, not a bad place to be tied for first place in the afc south right now and the titans currently hold the tiebreaker but yeah, not a bad place to be considering the past few years around here. Yeah, so obviously they, you're coming off the bye uh, after crushing the Colts uh, 27 to zip uh, two weeks ago, and uh, they, they sacked Jacoby Brissett in that one 10 times, and they put up 518 yards on offense. So heading into the bye week, uh, it probably couldn't have went much better for them. The, as you mentioned there, the team are 4-3, and three, and... Uh, they're sitting in one of the two AFC wildcard spots as things sit. But I guess uh, when I mentioned uh, how well they did in their last game, is there any chance that this team went into the bye week and or maybe a bit, you know, maybe we'll call them uh, fat and happy uh, heading into that bye week? Yeah, cocky uh, yeah. is a fine line between confidence and arrogance, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they're confident on the confidence side because they this is a group that hasn't been there before, you know, in the last few years. And there are a lot of new faces around here to try to build towards something. So, it was a big swing game for this team to go on the road. Yeah, it's not the Indianapolis Colts of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and all that, but it's still a road game in the division, and they went up there and dominated the football game from start to finish and pretty much every aspect of the game, except the turnover battle. They turned it over two times, didn't take the ball away at all, which is kind of strange, but that was the only thing that didn't go right in Indianapolis. So. I think it was a, a, a good momentum swing for this football team going into the bye week. They played that game without 
a handful of key contributors on offense as well. Fournette was out of the ball game. Cam Robinson went out of the left tackle on the second play from scrimmage uh, and was unable to come back in the ball game. So a handful of guys were out, and they still played well. And I think that was a big confidence boost for this team, knowing that hey, if, if a guy's down, it's next man up, and they can go out and perform. And uh, the last question before we really dive into looking at this game, I guess uh, the team obviously sees themselves as uh, postseason contenders, and that's obviously going to be bolstered by the news that Andrew Luck is going to miss the rest of the season now. That was announced today that he's going on IR for the Indianapolis Colts, so that helps him in the division. But uh, they made a, a big statement uh, this past week when they sent a sixth rounder for the 2018 draft to the Buffalo Bills from Marcel Darius. And you know we talk, we'll be talking in a moment about this defense and how good they are against uh, you know against the pass. But one of the weaknesses maybe in this team has been uh, against the run. They had been allowing 138 yards per game. Uh, you know to uh, running back so with guys like Calais Campbell with Dante Fowler you know there's so many talented players there but the run defense had been maybe a slight issue for them did you expect them to to address it as they headed into that bye week and uh, especially to pick up somebody like Marcel Darius well I'll, I'll be honest with you I don't know if I expected a trade um, I expected maybe some kind of change in approach on the field yeah, you scheme, know I, yeah. it, it, I don't think any of us would have thought the trade deadline would have come down to what it did uh, with all the trades in the NFL. This is this is one for the record books, and yeah. the Jags were a part of that to bring Darius, a guy who, I mean, he was a third overall pick in the draft in 2011. you got to remember that, and he's a former All-Pro and a two-time Pro Bowler, and the writing was on the wall a little bit in Buffalo. Things had not gone well off the field at times there for him, and it was a, a handful of changes in, in the leadership there, and it was – and he's heavy on the books because he's got a big salary and all that. So it made a lot of sense because the Jaguars needed a little bit of um, extra help up front in terms of that run defense. I mean, 330-something three, pounds, uh, it's a large man in, in the middle of the defensive line, which is something they didn't really have. And Avery Jones is a big guy, but he's kind of a uh, more of a, a mover. You know, He's not there to take up space and hold up two offensive linemen well, Darius can do that, and he can get past the guy in pass rush, and he can run to the boundary when he's playing well. So he's not just a run-stopping nose tackle, which is great. He can do that. But he can play the three technique and get up field and pass rush and even played at the end sometimes uh, under Doug Marone when he was with the Buffalo Bills. So great addition for this football team. It cost him a six-round pick. They'll eat some salary to do it, but – uh, if he plays like he's capable, it's well worth the price. Yeah, and uh, we're going to get into the injury reports now for both teams. And uh, I think it's clear when we look at this that the bye week uh, was much more rewarding to the bang or to the to the Jaguars rather than the Bengals. Looking through some of the injuries on their report for the Cincinnati Bengals, we have Tyler Boyd did not practice uh, either Wednesday or Thursday with a knee injury, so we'll see how he gets going on. Uh, Cody Core had a concussion last week, but he was a full participant on Thursday. Uh, the kicker, Randy Bullock, he has a back injury. He was limited on Thursday. So when we're running down through them, they have a lot of guys. Michael Johnson, defensive end, back uh, injury did not practice Wednesday but was a limited on Thursday so that's probably good news for him there uh, Kevin Minter linebacker with an elbow injury has not practiced at all this week and then Sean Williams with a ham- hamstring injury the safety limited on Thursday so the Bengals are uh, a 
little bit banged up at the moment, but when we look at the, the Jaguars, it reads a lot better. Uh, we have Blake Bartles with a right wrist injury, but he has been a full participant all week. Uh, Leonard Fournette has been a full participant all week. Of course, you mentioned that he missed the pass game against the Colts. Uh, Marquise Lee did not practice either day this week with a knee injury, so he's one uh, I'm going to get your opinion on in a minute. And the other one, obviously, you mentioned Cam Robinson went out of that Colts game uh, pretty early and with an ankle injury, but he has been a limited participant on both days. So I guess I'll get your thoughts on uh, Cam Robinson and Marquise Lee. Do you expect uh, them to suit up this week? And uh, what's going on with uh, Marquise Knee? Obviously, with uh, him and his first couple of years for the Jaguars, he had a lot of injuries and kept him off the field. But this season, he's had a quite a good sustained runoff game time. Sure. Let's start with Marquise Lee. And it was the same setup last week for him. He was out a little bit during the week with the knee issue, but then ended up playing on Sunday and, and everything went pretty well. So I'm going to guess, and I don't know, but I'm going to guess that's probably the similar setup here that they're going to give him the rest, uh, let him fight through whatever he's got to do. And then towards the end of the week, they'll, they'll get him back out there. And I think he's going to be okay. Now, Cam Robinson's interesting because the way he went down on the second play of the game in Indianapolis two weeks ago, uh, you'd have thought, this is not good. I mean, they carted the guy back to the locker room. When you pull out the cart, that's never a good thing, right? Well, uh, it turns out that it was just a sprain. That's what the team said. Not sure what kind of sprain, high ankle, whatever it was. But you got to remember with Cam, he's a tough customer, right? So he goes back to, you go back to Tuscaloosa with him at Alabama. He did not miss a game. And he had um, three years' worth of football there, did not miss a football game. There was an instance one year where he had a high ankle sprain, against, I believe, Tennessee, and then they had a bye week, and then the week after that was the LSU game. And coming off a high ankle sprain, he played in that game and kept his games played streak alive and played through that. So, And he's had some shoulder issues back at Alabama and all that that he's fought through. So he, he has not had a clean three years at Alabama, but he didn't miss a game. So uh, it wasn't really shocking to me to see him back on the practice field this week. I guess uh, a little surprising, just the way it went down and all that. It's the NFL; it's a different world. I get it, you know, but that's just him. He's a tough guy. He wants to play football, and he's out there this week. So I expect him to go on Sunday. Yeah, and you know, you look at anyone that plays in the NFL uh, is pretty damn tough. But uh, those guys on the offense and defensive lines and the trenches. Uh, they are the, the toughest of them all. And uh, looking yep. to, to this game, obviously, with uh, it being at Everbank Stadium, they, uh, there is five home games remaining in the season for the Jaguars, but they have yet to win in Jacksonville. They did win a home game, but it was against the Ravens in London. So they just haven't got that win at home. Do you think uh, that obviously is something that they're wanting to change this coming weekend? So the key matchups, and the first one that I have here written down is uh, the Jaguars' offense against the Cincy defense. Uh, the Jaguars' offense uh, isn't going through in the, the passing game like we've seen in recent years. I know there's been a lot of turnovers for Bartles in the past, but this year in particular, they're relying solely on the running game. The passing offense ranks 28th in the NFL, but uh, it is the number one rush offense so far, 169 yards per game led by Leonard Fournette, and uh, they're just kind of banking on Bartles to play enough, uh, to make enough plays to, to keep defenses honest and not uh, constantly be loading the box. So I guess uh, Fournette is without question the, the kind of jewel off this offense after getting him in the first round, fourth overall pick. He's averaging 21 carries per game, 99 yards per game. So he's leading the league in rushing touchdowns with six, and that's including the bye week this past uh, this past week. I think they've been pretty uh, impressed as well with how he's uh, dealt with it as a receiver with 15 receptions for 136 yards. How impressed have you been with what he's been able to do since he's slotted in there uh, in Jacksonville? You know, it- 
he came in highly heralded. He's a high draft pick. He was a great running back in college and in the conference that he came from. He was a superstar for for the most part. So uh, you had an idea he was going to be good. And he got here, and you see him on the practice field during the summertime for the first time with the veteran players, and they're just wearing shorts and you know nothing, no big deal. They got helmets on. But he fit right in. A lot of times those rookie guys, are you can tell, they're, they're trying to get their sea legs underneath them and figure out what's going on and then the lay of the land. Well, that was not Leonard Fournette at all. He came in right away, and he looked the part. And that was walking down the hallway. That's in the weight room. That's on the practice field. That's in the meeting room. He, I think, is built to be a football player and be a professional football player. At least so far he's shown that. Now, don't underestimate, I mean, it's a lot of it is Fournette because, you know, he can run into a brick wall and the brick wall is going to move back like two <laughs> yards, right? I mean, that's just kind of how he is. He's that big and strong and his legs are strong and he's churning and he's always moving forward. But give some credit to that offensive line now, too. They were, you know, the last year or so, they've had some pieces that didn't play well. This year they've come in and played well. Linder's been out the last few weeks to center. Uh, Shatley came in and did okay, but Linder's expected back this week. The guard play was a question mark in the preseason, but they've come through. Omami at left guard and Can at right guard have played well. The tackles have been very good this year. So up front is where it begins, of course, in the run game. And with Fournette behind that to, to push that and, and move things forward, I, I don't remember uh, Fournette falling backward this year, and that's a testament to the offensive line and, of course, to Linder as well. Yeah, it's a run-first offense. They said that from day one when Marone and – Tom Coughlin were hired and announced here, we're going to run the football in Jacksonville. And they've stood with that throughout this season. And uh, obviously with the game coming up, uh, the Bengals coming off of when obviously they played the Colts last week while uh, the, the, uh, while the uh, Jaguars were on by, but they, they did beat the Colts. But it was a bit of a nail-biter. It wasn't as clean-cut as they would have wanted. Uh, it was a 24-23 win, and they uh, give up five yards per carry to 35-year-old Frank Gore in it. So when you're looking at this game, I think it's uh, the game plan. As you mentioned there, they've been trying to run the ball. The game plan is pretty much going to be to, to run Fournette, uh, run him a little bit more, and then after that they're probably going to run him a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. Uh, you could probably say that same game plan pretty much every week around here yeah. too. But definitely this week, I, I think so. That, that's fair to say. This is a Bengals defense that, that ranks very highly in a number of categories in the league. They have some veteran football players. Geno Atkins up front is a, a challenge. Vontaze perfect if you can keep him on the field and out of penalty trouble. He's, he's, a, he's a handful. And then on the back end, they have some players in the secondary, too. So, yeah, I think run the football. If the Jags can get a lead in this game, if they can get a two-score lead in this game, 10, 14 points early, get the pass rush going, take away any chance for the Bengals to try to run the football for the first time this year. They haven't done it yet. Uh, if you can eliminate that and let the pass rush go in the Jaguars' defense with Fowler and Ngakwe and Campbell and, and now Marcel Darius and all that, that's a group that can take over a football game, especially with a two-score lead. So that's kind of the feel around here right now. We'll see if it holds through the last couple of months. If the Jags are up two scores, uh, they feel like it's the ball game and it's over. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but that takes getting that early lead, running the football, moving the ball offensively. Yeah, so we'll talk about the the defense now against the Cincinnati offense, and uh, I guess when we're talking about it, we have to talk about Jalen Ramsey's quickly becoming one of the game's elite cover corners, uh, six foot one, two oh nine. He pretty much has the size and strength to uh, and the speed to cover pretty much any wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, his two interceptions in the season, and that's his total from a year ago. So he's already as well broken up eleven passes. Clayus Campbell has a ten sacks on the season in just seven games. 
and has forced two fumbles. So there's there's so many good players you mentioned there as well, uh, and Guacque who's uh, having a very very solid season for himself. So uh, a lot a lot of talent on this defense, and obviously they're going now and they're they're playing against a Cincinnati offense that has been struggling, but. I'm going to get your opinion. I named out some of the players, and there's so much talent here, but at the halfway stage of the season, if you had to pick one, who would your defensive MVP be at this point of the season? Well, right now it's Calais Campbell. I don't think there's any hesitation on that for me because the guy comes in here as a free agent, a lot of money in the offseason coming his way. He's probably the top free agent signing of the offseason in the National Football League, and he has played above and beyond what was expected. Uh, they they move him around a little bit, but he has been able to get back there and have. I mean, you mentioned the numbers there, ten sacks, but his presence is not just on the field, physical. He's six foot eight and he's three hundred pounds, whatever the hell he is. He's huge, uh, but he his presence goes in that locker room too. I mean, he's a veteran in the league who's been around, who's played at a high level on winning football teams, and he understands what that takes to get to that level. And he has immediately stepped in and uh, really taken over the locker room. A lot of folks kind of follow his lead, on not, on, not just defense, but on offense, too, of how to go about their business. This is still kind of a young group around here. So uh, his presence not only is on the field, yeah, that's, that's very important, but getting other guys around him to, to kind of follow his lead is, is a big part of what Calais Campbell has done here. A close second, by the way, is Jalen Ramsey, because – uh, those go hand-in-hand. Hand. It's hard to have the great cover without the great pass rush, and it's hard to have the great pass rush if you you know don't have decent cornerbacks out there covering. So um, they've fed off of each other this year. Ramsey's going to lock down the side. Boye's on the other side. you got the safeties playing well, and you got the pass rush up front that's taking advantage of it or vice versa. So if the quarterback gets it out, they're not open because the defensive backs are back there too. So, uh, Campbell won, Ramsey a close second for me. Yeah, and uh, I've seen uh, an interview with Jalen Ramsey uh, during the bye week, and he was talking about exactly that, the, the pass rush helping the coverage and the coverage helping the pass rush. So I think they're all working very well together, and I have been lucky enough in the past to talk to Calais Campbell a couple of times, and I know that one of the things he really prides himself on is leadership, so that there's no surprise to me that he's gone in there to the locker room and really taken it over. Uh, Cincinnati have given up three uh, give up three sacks and uh, six quarterback hits on Andy Dalton last week, so I think this uh, Jags defense has to be kind of licking its lips after they did against the Colts and now having a week to rest up and this is an area where on that offensive line Cincinnati have had issues it should be an area where the Jags are really heavily favored getting that pass rush against Andy Dalton this weekend that would be nice and I think that's the idea here this is a group now that you know like we said that Cincinnati hasn't run the ball well I think they've had one rushing touchdown all year that was mixing I think he's got about 250 250 yards for the season or something close to that so they haven't been able to really find a running game and that's what Andy Dalton could use to just balance something out because he's getting popped right now and he's a he's a target on his back and this this is not the week to have a target on your back if you're a quarterback the way this Jaguars defensive front seven's playing right now uh, they are feeling it and they're on track to shatter the franchise sack record and they're still on track for the NFL sack record which is 72 sacks by the 1984 Chicago Bears so you start throwing those kind of numbers around and those kind of teams around from the past, uh, well, this is a group that feels like they can go do that plus some. So this is a week to go get back on that. At least they feel like they're going to have a, 
a pretty good matchup this week against this offensive line. Yeah, and I mentioned, you mentioned there Mixon, and obviously he's uh, leading this Bengals team in rush attempts. Uh, he has 85 on the season, but he really hasn't uh, produced in the Bengals overall on the third-worst rushing offense in the league, uh, only behind the Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals. And I mentioned earlier some of the struggles. Uh, the only struggle, really, this defense can be uh, held accountable for is maybe against the run, uh, and probably that's down to the fact that teams are afraid to pass on them. But uh, this here, obviously with Marcel Darius coming in, is this one where you think that they really stand up and stop the run, or do you think that it's somewhere, you know, it's one of those ones, one side of this battle has to get going, it has to be the run game for the Bengals, or it has to be the run defense for the Jaguars. Uh, who do you see winning that matchup this weekend? Yeah, I'm, I'm with the Jags defense on this, one, especially with Darius in there to just kind of fill some space and give a little more swagger to a group that already kind of had it. Now, I will say, there there are times where the Jags' defense has been good against the run. There have been moments, though, and key moments where they haven't. Uh, against the New York Jets, there were three explosive running plays in that game. Otherwise, they did okay against the run. And that's kind of how it goes in the NFL. You can give up, you know, two yards of carry, and then somebody takes it 80 yards to the house, and that skews your result, and that's just the way you get 150 yards on the ground in the league. That's just kind of how it happens. So that's happened a couple of different times with this Jaguars' defense that said, it is an issue, and they understand that, and that was priority number one, and that's why they went out and got Darius. So my num- if, if for entertainment purposes only, I'm going with the Jags' defense in that matchup. And uh, just two quick questions before we get uh, this wrapped up. Uh, is there any other areas you think that maybe key areas in deciding this game that maybe we haven't touched on that you think uh, could have a major impact? Yeah, I'm curious to see how Blake Bortles uh, responds to a decent game last week. You know, um, Can he put them back-to-back together? Uh, he had a good game through the air in Indianapolis. Um, they ran the ball effectively. It was a balanced offense, the whole thing. But there have been times throughout Blake's career where you go out and have a 300-yard game, and you come out and throw three picks the next week. It just hasn't been there. So can he come back? in a game like this where they might run the ball a lot, but there are going to be some key times where he has to make throws. Um, That's one thing. Can he make those throws? Does he have a downfield threat to throw to? That's another big question mark for this football team right now, Uh, consistent uh, down the field. Marquise Lee, as you said, has been on the injury report. So is he going to be available? Uh, Where's Keelan Colbin, the undrafted rookie? Alan Hearns has been relatively quiet this year. Uh, D.D. Westbrook hasn't seen the field yet. I don't know what they're going to expect from him if he's available this week. He's uh, practicing for the first time. So they're trying to find somebody to take the place of Allen Robinson, who was hurt the first week. Um, They haven't quite found that, and I think that's the real question. That's why it's so run-heavy, and that's okay as long as you can run the football, but if you can't, you've got to find something else to do. Yeah, that's you mentioned that if the, if the team can be two scores in the lead, it's always going to favor them this season, and it's really game over if they get to that stage. But the problem for them is if they're two scores behind and they have to put the ball in Bartle's hands, try and yep. get those points. Exactly. That, that's that's the interesting part to see how the team reacts uh, from that perspective. So finally now as we wrap up, uh, I want to get your prediction for the game. Uh, obviously, I'm sure your, your heart's in a Jags win, and... Uh, I, I think it's going to have to be one that the Jags win. And really, if they want to make that playoff push, it's one that they must take at this point of the season. You have to be winning those home games, as I mentioned, the, the struggles to get them Ws at home so far this season. So uh, I'll let you have the floor with your uh, final thoughts on uh, the Jags and Bengals this weekend. Well, to start off with the home game stuff, five of the next seven are at Everbank Field. So they better figure <laughs> out the home pretty quickly or it's going to turn south in a hurry. Uh, it's a running football game for the Jags. I think they're going to pound the rock. Uh, Leonard Fournette should be back on the field, and I think the the offensive line is going to be there for him. 
So, I, I, for me, I, I think the Jags defense, I don't know if they shut out Cincinnati. It's hard to predict that in the National Football League. But I think they have a good day against Cincinnati. I think the the uh, defensive backs match up well, even though A.J. Green is an all-world wide receiver. They have a lot of help in the defensive backfield for the Jags to, to cover up those guys. So, without the threat of a run game in Cincinnati and the pass rush going, if the Jags have that lead, I think it's a 24 to. 7, 24-10 type of game somewhere in there. A lot of running will we'll kill some clock here, but uh, some key scores for the Jags offense. And maybe a takeaway and a, a score on defense for the Jaguars. We'll get it done on Sunday. Once again, thanks to JP for coming on the show. It was JP Shadrick. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Shadrick and he is of course as I mentioned there part of the team at uh, jaguars.com and uh, the Jaguars radio network lots of great work and really a lot of great information while talking to him in just a moment I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into what we discussed using some of the apps as I mentioned on rotaviz.com and Although the season is uh, at week 9, you can still get yourself 30% off a Rotoviz NFL pass uh, through the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This is for listeners of the podcast only, and your subscription gives you unlimited access to all our NFL content and tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. So make sure you get that 30% discount for your NFL pass. It is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Hey sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. So obviously as we talk to JP and we look through uh, a lot of the aspects of this game, it is a game that kind of, in my opinion, uh, shapes up to be very much favourable to the Jaguars. Obviously the bookmakers have it in that way too with the sportsbooks having them a five and a half point favourite at this point as I record this on Thursday. There's a lot of interesting aspects to the game and I think uh, the defence just of the Jacksonville Jaguars is obviously the real deal and I expect them to step up to the plate once more this week. So I do think it's going to be a very, very tough day for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and as we talk through it, I think it's going to be clear that uh, the the Bengals are, are going to be a tough start this week for me in uh, fantasy and unless I'm doing a, a hugely contrarian play, I'm not going to be starting a lot of them in DFS but I'm going to go through it now and uh, run through it in a little bit more of an individual basis. Uh, the thing, obviously, when you're talking, and it was interesting when I mentioned to uh, JP about what he thought might be the, the element of the game that we hadn't discussed that could be a key element, and he mentioned about Blake Bartles, and we obviously know in the past there's been a lot of turnovers from Bartles. We've seen, you know, he was kind of the king of garbage time for a few years there where you could always rely on him in that fourth quarter to, to throw a few touchdowns when the team was 
well and truly behind but that isn't the situation this year they're trying to get him to uh, control the ball hand it off a lot more obviously to Leonard Fournette and then only pass in key situations they are the second lowest passing uh, team in the league they've only had 196 attempts this season the only team with less attempts uh, is the Buffalo Bills so it's been a case of a very conservative game plan built on the defense and the running game and I think that's exactly what we're going to see this week again so getting into uh, some of the players now I guess I'll run through the Bengals first because I think it's going to take uh, a little bit less time and I've seen a couple of tweets this week that I enjoyed and i seen that uh, one tweeted uh, just before I started to record this one it was that Andy Dalton should refuse to play against Jacksonville this week and I kind of hinted at it when I was talking with JP there's a lot of elements in this game with uh, you know the sacks that the, the Jaguars have been putting up he did mention they're on course to uh, break the record set by the 1984 Bears team so they're just thoroughly dominating teams they've had two games this season with 10 sacks and this Bengals offensive line hasn't been uh, I was going to say hasn't been great it hasn't been even good to this point of the season so it's going to be a tough day for Dalton I think he's going to get hit early and often and I think the the defense of the Jaguars should uh, have him under a lot of pressure from the very start obviously I kind of hinted at it as well that there's the possibility that um, if, if the Bengals could go out and take the lead that obviously alters the game plan dramatically against the Jaguars and can make it a lot tougher for them so I, I think though it's not going to go that way I can't see it happening that way and you know Andy Dalton is a player this week that I just don't think is startable whether I know there's a lot of teams on bye in week nine but unless you're in a real real tough situation uh, I just would not be starting them against this uh, pass defense in particular of the Jaguars so leaning off that then obviously you have Joe Mixon who uh, put up a lot of noise over the last couple of weeks about wanting to get his opportunity said if he got the same opportunities as Le'Veon Bell he would actually be a better player than him so that didn't work out last week for him and he did have that long catch and run but uh, as a, a running back on the ground it just uh, there's been nothing really there for the Bengals running backs this season whether it's been him whether it was Jeremy Hill whether it's Gio Bernard it's been a case where all the production has come through the air basically for the Bengals running backs this season mentioned as well Marcel Darius going in the, the one point that they could possibly decide to attack in this one for the Bengals is the run defense but I think that after that trade it's obviously not uh, as easy to do and I just think it's going to be such a tough day I can't really see you know when JP said with the score too I think he said uh, that it would be seven or nine points the Bengals would end up with and I think it's going to be a similar situation I think it's going to be a lot of field goals I think they're going to struggle to get drives going I think there's going to be turnovers for so you know, Mixon's a player who has not impressed me this season at all, and obviously the offensive line has been a key area in that where he just hasn't had the holes to run through. But at this moment in time, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's him, he's just a player that you cannot start with any confidence. Then Giovanni Bernard is a player who I've always been a fan of uh, ever since he was drafted and came into the league for the Bengals, but the opportunities haven't been there for him this season. Uh, every time they talk about giving him more opportunities, it hasn't just happened. So, And then we obviously seen Mixon of the, the large catch and run last week, which probably uh, helps him to, to gain a little bit more receiving work as we see that going forward Jeremy Hill's a player I'm not a fan of so uh, I will not be starting him and I wouldn't recommend starting him in any leagues this week when you go to the wide receivers then it's interesting uh, obviously AJ Green is AJ Green but him and Andy Dalton just haven't seemed to be uh, connecting on the same wavelength uh, so far this season there's been a lot of targets to Green that have been just slightly overthrown or even if they come to, to Green they've deflected off his hands and have uh, in turn been intercepted so it just hasn't been the, the the smooth chemistry that we expect from him and Dalton and they've played for so long and it's kind of what we expect when you look at the team 
in the snap report over the season uh, it's uh, pretty much AJ Green's in there all the time we've seen Alex Erickson get some limited usage he's not somebody who's on the fantasy radar at the moment Brandon LaFell though is somebody who's getting uh, quite a, a large considerable amount of usage he's pretty much in in all his games this season on uh, around 90% of the snaps on average 89.1 or 87.5 being the lowest and then uh, up to 93% but they're all around that 91, 92, 93%. So he's getting uh, in there pretty much at all times with opportunities there uh, for him. The other one is Tyler Boyd, who missed a couple of games, but he uh, he's in there kind of around 60% of the snap. So Boyd is somebody who may get a little bit more target opportunity as the season goes on. Obviously, John Ross has uh, come back into the team after his injuries. He, he did play last week. We'll see if he can get more involved, but just uh, this week is not the week to be trying to, to see if you can get him uh, involved in your lineups uh, unless you're really really stuck in a, a really really deep league looking then at the air yards off the Bengals and you're looking at Tyler Croft, Branton LaFell and AJ Green are the three that I've highlighted in this and uh, Croft has played in six games this season and he's had a very solid role since uh, Eifert was ruled out for the season pretty much uh, the same size same weight but uh, just a little bit less athletic than than what Tyler Eifert is but he has a 27 targets on the season and uh, he has 199 air yards his dot, as you'd expect for the majority of tight ends is under 10 yards it is 7.4 but his target share has been healthy uh, through those six games that he's played he's at a 15% target share and uh, we'll see I think that is an area of the field that maybe they can uh, get some joy this week is against uh, those linebackers try and move the ball through the center areas of the field uh, with Tyler Croft then obviously you have AJ Green and Brandon LaFell playing more on the outside no comparison when you look at targets uh, 65 this season for Green 37 uh, to Brandon LaFell but 37 targets through this stage of the season is nothing to be sniffed at it's obviously an opportunity to get that positive production there as air yards uh, for LaFell 320 and again a huge jump up to 779 for AJ Green so when you look through it uh, you know it's a case of obviously you know what AJ Green is, but if you're playing in DFS this week, you're going to have to pay up to get AJ Green. Branton LaFell, you might be able to slot in there a little bit cheaper. And against a defense like we're facing this week uh, in the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe it's to take that uh, play that you think might grab you that touchdown. LaFell is uh, one of those players who can get in the end zone. And let's just see, it's, it's very tough this week to uh, start any of the Bengals, but maybe if you're uh, paying up at other areas you might uh, slot Branton LaFell or Tyler Croft into those lineups they are uh, slim possibilities of uh, having a, a weekly upside this week and uh, Croft would be my pick out of the two of those guys so moving on then we're going to look at the Jaguars on the other side of the ball and uh, with Leonard Fournette I think we pretty much know what we're getting from him he's going to get to carry the rock this week uh, a minimum of 20 times and I would say I would not be surprised if I see him get 30 touches this week as they play the Cincinnati Bengals it sets up perfect uh, for them to run the ball to use that defense then as I mentioned uh, earlier so Fournette is uh, you know no doubt that this I think he'll be the highest scoring player in this game this week the other player that I'm interested to see how it goes is TJ Yeldon he had a a big uh, game in his first game active of the season he had 122 yards and a touchdown on nine carries Chris Ivory the other other running back who by by and large has uh, outproduced what people thought he was going to do this season he's been surprisingly good in the receiving game but I think uh, we might see a situation where we see uh, Yeldon if active be a player that starts to uh, work his way into that RB2 role in this team and I think uh, it's still going to be all Leonard Fournette but if he can get you know 15% of the touches on a weekly basis uh, we could see Eldon break off some big runs like he did against the Colts so he's an interesting name to watch as the season uh, kind of moves along here and obviously 
uh, if Fournette was to get injured, you have to be uh, able to decipher who that handcuff would be between Chris Ivory and Fournette moving forward. So that's something kind of more down the line for the rest of the season. I don't think it's something to uh, overly concern ourselves with this week. Uh, obviously, Fournette getting all pretty much all the work in this one. Looking then at the, the pass-catching options, you have uh, Marquise Lee, who at this point in time, uh, you know, it's kind of up in the air as to what his status will be for this coming week, obviously the Friday uh, injury report has to come out and we'll see what the situation is there. And then looking at the uh, other wide receiver of note for this team, and it is Alan Hearns. And he uh, has caught five, er, he caught five of eight passes for 101 yards in the last game against the Indianapolis Colts. It's kind of hard to predict which one on a week-to-week basis is the number one. But throughout the season, they've been kind of going back and forth between him and Lee. And if Lee was to miss out, he should obviously have that more uh, bigger opportunity and target share this week and uh, I think he could be one of those again I mentioned earlier this is a game where I think you're if you're if you're in other games where you're paying up and have confidence in other players you might need to get a player here where you're paying down for and I think Alan Hearns could be that uh, opportunity this week between him and Keenan Cole Marquise Lee they're kind of the three that you're looking at in this one uh, D.D. Westbrook uh, coming in this week but uh, it's hard to, with his first game of the season missing so much time hard to expect him to come in and have a, a significant role this week so Keenan Cole has been playing kind of between 50 and 60 percent of the snaps this season but the production hasn't really been there Marquise Lee's up uh, between 70 and 80 percent and then it's 70 and 80 percent for Alan Hearns too so Alan Hearns Marquise Lee kind of 1A 1B so far this season and snaps then when we look at the air yards uh, all three or Mercedes Lewis, I guess, is somebody else slot into this too. So for the air yards, I'm going to slot in Mercedes Lewis. He's obviously caught quite a considerable amount of touchdowns this season, but he's done that on just 20 targets. And obviously, again, like Croft, uh, it's 8.7 a dot for him on that average depth of target. His target share is 10. So you know, there's not a lot of usage there. It's a low volume passing offense. So uh, just uh, you know, if you're stuck, the tight end is a, a dismal is abysmal this week. And if you're uh, I can't even speak. I said a dismal. I don't even know if that's a different word, but abysmal is the word I use. I wanted to say for week nine, and uh, you know maybe uh, Mercedes Lewis. If you're really stuck, might be somebody that you have to flex in there. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to avoid it this week. Mark Easley and Alan Hearns. So obviously we're looking at the targets. Hearns this season, 38 targets. Mark Easley, 46 targets. So when you're looking at them, um, you know if uh, Lee does miss out, there's a, an extra little chunk because Lee this season has had a 23% target share off that market uh, down there in Jacksonville so if he misses out obviously it's going to bump Hearns up a bit and Hearns on his own this season has 19% of the target share and he's working off 416 air yards to Marquise Lee's uh, 572 air yards and it's pretty much a balance there because obviously there is those eight more targets as well so pretty close overall for the two of them so again, if Lee does miss out this week, and even if he does play, he might be under 100%. The, the one concern here for the, the the Jaguars is the low passing volume. And of course, if they get a lead, they're not going to need to pass it this week. So uh, that's my main concern. But out of these guys, uh, out of the uh, Jaguars, Alan Hearns would be my preferred start this week if you have to slot him in. And it's a game... You know, I don't really want to say that I'm going to make the, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense my star play of the week. I think that's... Uh, a bit, uh, a bit of a stretch because people are going to be uh, on them in DFS. People are going to expect them to have a big week this week. So I can't go with the defense, although I think they'll, <laughs> they have the possibility of the highest scoring unit here. Fournette's obviously going to have a big day in my opinion, but I can't go for the the star star name that is everyone is expecting to do. So I'm going to go with Alan Hearns as my draft star player 
of the week this week if you're playing uh, on draft he's somebody i think that there's not gonna be a lot of people probably looking uh, at and i think it'll be an easy target to get in the later rounds and of course talking off draft if you want to join in and play in a draft i've mentioned it here on uh, all the fantasy beat podcast so far this season i don't know if you've joined in or not but you can download the app anytime you can just search draft in the app store and you can join the game in minutes you can play directly from your computer at playdraft.com whichever you prefer and for a limited time only all new players get a free entry into a draft and make your first deposit but you must use my promo code rv radio no salary caps play a real life snake draft just like you play with your friends in a season-long league but pretty much have to do nothing after that you do the draft it lasts for a couple of minutes then the game lasts for one week there is no roster management you just set it and forget it and once you're done drafting that's it no trades no waiver wire draft even takes care of the last minute injuries for you so get it done uh, they start from draft start from one dollar so they're pretty much just a draft for everyone and it is a lot of fun i've really been enjoying it this season that is playdraft.com my code is rb radio check it out have some extra fun this week nine and uh, of course as i mentioned there alan hearns my star player of the week this week for draft so with that that is going to do it for the week nine edition of the fantasy football beat we are uh, obviously now up on our own feed as well on itunes uh, a lot of the uh, rotoviz radio shows now have their own feeds you can go and get those or you can still stay on the regular rotoviz radio feed so there's uh, lots of options now for listening to the podcast uh, this show is up on the fantasy football show for rotoviz and you can check that out uh, the the rotoviz radio uh, flagship show rotoviz radio is up there as well on that uh, the highlight reel podcasts are up there as, as well as the rotoviz recap show so there's lots of good podcasts on that channel do give us a written interview up there written review the main road of his radio feed too if you haven't already and with that my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter enjoy week nine have a good one thank you for listening to the fantasy football beat please rate and review the road of his radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app contact us via email at road of his radio at gmail.com and follow us on twitter at road of his radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road of his at a 30 percent discount through the road of his homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast Geico presents Yikes another voicemail from your roommate Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.